0: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Welcome to episode 107 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Newman, and she's your other host, Holly Taylor. So in this episode, it's a bit of a game of two halves. Despite our podcast dropping every week as normal, we've actually had a bit of a break, it being the summer holidays and all. But while I've been not eating Cornish pasties, Holly has had a very different time of it. As candid as ever, she talks about the swerve in mental health she's suffered over the past fortnight and the tools she's using to help bump her back up again. She also talks about how, while she had once used running as one of those tools, this time around it's been less helpful for her. On my side of things, I've been training for the Great North Run in September and the London Marathon in October. I've just about kept up with my plan while on holiday, but I've found the change in terrain and the second heatwave very challenging. And while ostensibly I'm on track, my mind is spiralling with all the things that could go wrong and also all the reasons why the bad runs were bad and why the good runs were good and how all these things are going to affect my races negatively one way or another. Please tell us how your training is going. We also talk about some emails we've had in on the back of our chats about heckling and they're really shocking and again do please let us know if you've had experiences like this. I think talking about it like we are here is one of the best things we can do to raise awareness that this happens and how we feel as a result. This episode is sponsored by Sport Shoes. Sport Shoes is the UK's number one digital running and outdoor fitness destination. They aim to help everyone lead a sustainable, healthier and happier life through running and outdoor fitness. The New Balance 2022 London Marathon Collection is now available at Sports Shoes. With footwear icons like the Fresh Foam 1080 V12 and Fuel Cell RC Elite V2, you could be well on your way to smashing your marathon PB. And get this, Sports Shoes are offering women's running podcast listeners an exclusive 10% off orders over £50 with the code WRPOD. Search London Marathon at sportsshoes.com. We're back!
0: <laughs> not really from everybody else's perspective because we've been sneaky little elves who've been recording podcasts for all the boys and girls for christmas <laughs> over the last few weeks have. but we actually <laughs> i haven't seen holly for weeks
1: now so it's yeah to see her smiling face in front of me
0: and it feels quite I feel alien. warm and cozy that we're back it is, it's lovely
1: i know it's so weird
0: our platform that we use to record the podcast has
1: changed. It, has. it all feels it feels like a new era, doesn't it, it this morning? It is. It's a brave new world. And uh and because yeah. we're facing September, so it's all a bit like back to school, sharpen your pencil. <laughs> it's very back to school vibes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I tell you what I did this morning, actually, to avoid feeling that nasty back to school feeling. And yes. I never do this. I'm not a breakfast person and Please, I no. hate getting up early. She does. But yeah, not me at all <laughs> on either of those fronts. But this morning, because Esther and I are both back, I had a couple of days off at the end of last week and had a nice long bank holiday weekend mm-hmm. where I had four or five days. And Esther had a couple of weeks in Cornwall. So we're both feeling, you know, refreshed and holidayed, but also yeah. the the nasty, nasty Monday morning vibes. Total nasty Monday morning. Um, yeah, yeah. I went for a coffee and a pastry with a friend at half eight this morning oh. before I came and sat down at my desk and that was that's really lovely. really nice I got up a bit early and I wandered down just like 20 minutes into town and we went and got a pastry and a coffee and we just had a chat for half an hour and then I was back at my desk at quarter past nine half nine.
1: Oh my god that's so grown up what a lovely thing to do yeah it was great it was
0: really nice it was a bit of a treat I don't think I could do it every morning a money Mm -hmm. B, you know like not being kind of sat ready to go at my desk at nine o'clock it was a bit of a treat
1: but it it cheered me up no end I think that's a lovely thing to do especially at the beginning of the week when it kind of feels like I'm not sure when my next treat you know to myself is going to be
0: I know. When's my, where's my next wine coming
1: from? Exactly.
0: Where's my yeah? Uh, you know? There's I, no more Drag Race until Saturday. Well, what am I gonna what do? You, gonna
1: do? <laughs> you know, um, I I remember an ex-boyfriend of mine saying that one of his sort of central kind of things that he he always said to himself was you should treat yourself once a day, and so that could be like yeah having a pastry with a friend or it could be watching drag race or it could be, you know, but I I really, I mean, and this, this, I remember that was said to me, like it was probably 30 years ago now, but I still remember it because I remember thinking that's really nice because it kind of encapsulates so many different things, doesn't it? It can be, it could just be, you know what, I'm just going to stop work for 15 minutes and just like doom scroll Instagram because actually that's quite relaxing. Um, or yeah. I'm going to meditate, or I'm going to buy myself something small, or I'm going mm. to be going to have a cup of tea and not do, you know. But but it's the 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 kind of the idea of gifting yourself something every day of just like yeah, that's a nice thing. To <laughs> yeah, do. that's lovely. So
0: I like that. of thinking about like actually really thinking about gifting yourself as well Mm -hmm. because I am a very short-term happiness thinker (laughs) like I've as you well know (laughs) that I will have the pastry now because I want it now I won't necessarily go in a few hours time am I going to give myself the shits yeah (laughs) like it will be worth it to me to do it now because immediate reward i'm of a generation i suppose where immediate reward is. we've our little brains plugged into our phones have been taught that yeah. and i'm really learning at the moment with mental health stuff like what actually makes me happy in like a long term fulfillment way is a bit different to that and i'm still going to be the kind of i'm i'm a i'm a flawed human being i'm not perfect i'm still going to automatically want to reach for pastries, not that makes me flawed necessarily. Um I'm still going to probably want midweek wine. I'm probably going to watch yeah too much drag race. But <laughs> I think really reminding myself what is a reward, what is a treat, what is a, a thing, it is stuff like that for me, I think. It's like this yoga class or mm. that walk with a friend at lunchtime the thing that maybe you kind of a bit like "Uh, can i be asked but that actually takes some time out of your day to make you feel human and i i think that's a really nice it really gets me thinking about that yeah i agree so that's that's basically it's reef whereas yours might be more have the pastry well i I I would
1: but no no i think think. you're i think i think we're on to something because I think it's reframing, mm. it's, it's taking that ex-boyfriend's idea of giving yourself a treat every day. And his treat was definitely, definitely sausage roll based. I remember that being quite the thing. Um, yeah. It's reframing the concept of treat, isn't it? Because I also remember that there was a mm. woman who I loathe on Facebook. You know what Facebook is like. And so there's <laughs> there this particular woman um, and one of, I remember her saying something about how, or she linked to a to a to a story that was about how we shouldn't treat our children every day. But that was assuming that the word treat equated food. So she was talking about oh we shouldn't do yeah. this, we shouldn't call food treats. And in one ways in one way she's she's right, you know, food is food. Um uh, we, it's very difficult to, to unpack the concept of like some food being kind of treaty and some food not, not being so treaty.
0: Yeah, because um, kind of it is. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely not saying that, yeah, we should all be able to eat when we're hungry and we shouldn't have to view, like, I, I do understand what, what the concept of that is trying to say. Mm-hmm. But also, is there very much nutritional value in a like big old, plate of dirty vegan food like yeah. a beyond meat burger yeah. is there much nutritional value probably not massively and yeah. if there's anybody out there who would like to correct me I would, that would be music to my ears but I'm imagining mm-hmm. there's not masses and I think it's it's like it's still reminding yourself that because if you're saying oh there's no treats then maybe you're falling down a little bit of a rabbit hole of of not reminding yourself that you do need new good nutritional stuff mm. to function and to feel healthy and to be able to do all the things you like doing like running about and yeah. and especially for kids who need that energy and that but that it's also okay to sometimes have a large pan of chocolate mm. with you know nutella inside rather than <laughs> slightly crusty dark chocolate, <gasps> oh, oh,
1: my dream chocolate. Hello. um
0: and, you know that is is also okay it's just that you can't eat that for every meal because you're probably going to feel a bit sick and have a funny tummy yeah
1: and yeah yeah so i yeah. think but then you can, I think still, there is, you can then have like a learning that yeah, absolutely then you then you've got the in your head when you when you do have the concept of treat food then you have a bit of a you have almost like a pie chart in your head don't you of like Okay, well, some of the time that's okay, and but it, but more than mm. that, I mean, with, with the treat thing, going back to your earlier thing that you were saying, is the kind of is the idea that when you treat yourself every day, that treat, I mean, a doesn't necessarily need to be kind of food based, but it, it, but it's about kind of giving yourself something that's a kind of a bit of a bit of a a reward but it doesn't we don't really need to reward yourself for anything it's just space and time and so it can be the yoga class that makes yeah. you, you know you will feel brilliant afterwards but might actually take a little bit of motivation to get there in the first place um, but it can also be because I remember because I, I know I mentioned the Instagram thing I saw something online before about how self-care could and there were like two pictures of two women and one of them was meditating or reading a book or something and the other one was just looking at her phone and it was like they they, they, they yeah give you the same thing it's fine it, you know so don't yeah kind of not beating yourself up for just taking like five ten minutes to just like sit oh a hundred percent it's kind of you know I, I think it was kind of oh. I, I love the way that you could just sort of think here's a parcel of time Do what the fuck you want with it because it's your time and and a treat for today. Or your treat could be much more tangible. It could be, you know what, I've been after that mascara for bloody ages. I've just been paid. I'm getting it. Yeah. So, you know.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Just go for it. It's just something that you maybe wouldn't normally do because if you did it in excess, it might have a negative impact overall. Like if you bought a lovely mascara every day, then... You would owe British Gas quite a lot of money, probably, because <laughs> you wouldn't be able to keep up with all of your other things. Yeah. I suppose it's that, isn't it? It's something that like you you couldn't really make a massive habit of, mm. but that you really love doing, and yeah. just making sure that you. Well, it's just it's, yeah. yeah, It's gifting it's- <laughs> But then I'm saying that, and I probably could make a massive habit of doing yoga with Adrian. So um, I, I just choose not to. So. <laughs> we, I've done quite a bit though since I last saw you at well, yoga.
1: Well, well, look, right. We've got. We really enjoyed it. We've got really heavy, really quickly, and we've barely even said hello.
0: I know we have. We have actually. We've yeah. I don't even know. Tell me how many Cornish pasties have you eaten in the last two weeks?
1: <laughs> oh my god! Well, let me answer that before I ask you the next question, because the answer to that is one. Ah. <gasps> Oh Really? It's a shocker, isn't it? That is a shocker. It wasn't even that nice.
0: So what was what's the story there? Oh, you weren't in a in a pasty heavy area <laughs> of
1: <laughs> they, I think it's more to do with the fact that basically I'm the only driver. So there were there were not as in the car, but the only driver to the pasties. So like um of, of the yeah so I was on holiday with my kids with Dave and with my mother-in-law and I was the only one that was desperate for a cheese and onion pasty I mean Ted is very keen on a sausage roll um but and and and, and Dave's keen on a normal pasty but other than that but I'm mm. like, we must we must and actually it wasn't until the kind of penultimate day that I I managed to kind of steer things towards a bakery and there was a particular bakery I wanted to go to yeah I I had to go along the road and get one from somewhere else it wasn't quite as nice they'd done something weird Mm, that's a bit disappointing it it was just the ratio was off the pastry was a bit too Mm. it just didn't you know and then I thought Oh, I'm was, so sorry I, for you. That's I know. I'm genuinely sorry. gutting. I, I was gutted, and yeah. then, um, but then I realised that actually, I'm not. Um, I'm not purist. I mean, having a cheese and onion pasty in the in the first place is not. A, it's the purest form of pasty you can have, obviously. So I would probably be kicked out of Cornwall if I pretended that I was in any way Cornish by having cheese and onion pasty. Yeah, um, and actually. I can get a perfectly decent, sorry, Cornwall, cheese and onion pasty outside of Cornwall from the Cornish Bakehouse actually which yeah. is <laughs> the sort of the Cornish Bakehouse
0: is insane
1: <laughs> is the Cornish Bakehouse a chain? I think it is and it's just that I love I, those pasties. I presume
0: it's a chain yeah. oh my gosh
1: so, you know,
0: the one in Bath and you know I'm not <sighs> in training aren't I?
1: so I need I need the pastry there's going to be many a Cornish pasty I'm not sad about that but I want I, I want to find out about you because I know there's been ups and downs <laughs> you're now there have been ups and downs middle middle of your training schedule ish
0: yeah yeah kind of though I'm probably a little bit more towards the beginning end because of the events of the last couple of weeks Mm. so I've I've strategically chosen to push back a little bit of my long runs um partly because of busyness and partly because of mental health stuff mm. so two weeks ago when I think I'd just done my first I'd just done three miles as my long run yeah. um I just I, I really don't know where it came from which is the frightening bit and I need to remind myself to just like not overanalyze why things have happened and just acknowledge that they have and accept it and move on mm. um but I felt like a it felt like a big maybe my third second second since the original time i started having suffering with the panic disorder stuff yeah it was my third kind of proper like bout of that
1: mm. so i had my
0: first one literally this time last year it was like beginning a bit earlier it was beginning of august
1: yeah.
0: and then earlier this year in kind of like january february time i think classic a bit of season mm seasons affecting it a little bit of that kind of stuff um meant that i had like a kind of small about of it but then this was like a proper i f- i still feel as though i'm i'm just coming out of the end of it two weeks in oh. so it was quite long and a bit frightening and a bit horrid um and it really affected me with running and and like movement in a way that it hadn't previously cuz i well, I felt as though in previous kind of rounds of this, mm. um, uh, yeah. For, for anybody who hasn't listened uh, for that long, this time last year I had a bit of a kind of mental um, breakdown. I don't know whether that's the right term for it anymore. Um, that um, I started suffering with panic disorder, which is basically like uncued panic attacks that start happening. Uh, and now it's actually kind of developed further. I had a few weeks worth of therapy for it, and it was really helpful. And it's not really panic disorder anymore. So I, I rarely have panic attacks. I've only had a couple of them over the over this bout. Mm. Uh, but it's a bit more generalized anxiety disorder now, where it's almost like—and I don't want to trivialize this by saying this because this isn't something that I've been diagnosed with—but mm. it feels a little bit like what I imagine PTSD might feel like.
1: Mm.
0: That. Any time I notice an irregularity in my breathing, I start to feel as though I'm going to have endless panic attacks again. And even though I, I don't, that feeling of it's not right, I'm gonna go mad, I'm going to be and either end up dead or in a padded cell and it's all gonna be awful for me, mm. as a result of that kind of first original illness and starting to struggle with it i i get very very caught up in those feelings and it's it's just like it's so bizarre i know i know that we both experienced kind of mental health stuff before but i before i'd experienced it i never really realized how much it feels like you are just kind of closing the shutters on your eyes and going no thank you i I, i'm all good in my own brain just slowly rocking back and forth and driving myself insane with my own thoughts don't worry no outside world for me please but it just it it becomes so difficult to interact with the outside world and Mm. i just get completely lost in my little brain um but I'm definitely feeling like I'm on the way out of it. But yeah, sorry, I was going to say about the exercise stuff. No, because. No, go back, the, go back. But so, how do
1: you get mm, out of okay. it? How mm. do you stop? How do you stop feeling like that?
0: Honestly, the frustrating part is that the best way to get out of it is to not look at it. I think first, that's the first important thing that I've learned mm. is the, and it it's really annoying because it doesn't necessarily stop it from coming back. Sometimes it just comes. It's a subconscious thought process. I think mm. um, that makes me think I might be dying if I, and that I can't quite catch my breath or get enough oxygen in. It causes me to kind of hyperventilate and, and overanalyze my breathing and stuff, which is what kind of gets me in my head.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it's usually a result of like health anxiety so I feel as though which I think definitely comes from the fact that my dad had a stroke a couple of years ago and it has definitely made me hyper aware of kind of big illnesses like that that Mm -hmm. the events like heart attacks strokes other kind of cardiac stuff that can happen very quickly and then have a huge effect on you for the rest of your life either killing you or you know massively affecting you I think that's why I get frightened about that stuff and and so it comes from that kind of health anxiety place. So I think that's what kind of triggers it and I can't stop those subconscious thoughts. Sometimes I just catch my breath funny or I have other things do are my choice that affect it a bit more, mm-hmm. but they're just things that I'm not particularly willing to change. So I know that sometimes having a weekend of busy busy seeing lots of people that involves kind of being on my feet a lot of the time drinking maybe staying up a bit later having lots of rich food like having those kinds of weekends definitely triggers it a little bit because it makes me anxious about my health yeah but I'm not willing to change that so you know I want to still see family and friends and and have a normal life and I I I think I don't drink quite as much and I'm a bit more conscious of of kind of i don't know going to bed really late and keeping a routine and things like that but i'm still not willing to just not see kind of friends and family and stuff um but yeah sorry that's what kind of brings it on and then i think getting out of it um sorry i rambled then that's what you asked yeah um is um yeah even though i can't stop it from coming back not looking at it like not watching a kettle boil whatever the (laughs) phrase is (laughs) watch pot never boils similarly I think staring at anxiety in the face is never ever going to let it go away and it's a funny old balance that you have to find isn't it because you also need to acknowledge when your body and your brain is telling you slow down you are spiraling here like there's some subconscious stuff that's going on here that you're not you feel in yourself you're not quite right because it can tell you stuff it can tell you okay maybe I do need to be a little bit more conscious about what I'm putting in my body and how I'm Mm -hmm. looking after myself and making sure that I get some exercise or that I in fact don't do that and I take it super slow today or you need to listen to your body but also at the same time I think staring at your anxiety is is never ever going to make it go away Mm. Um, and that's what I find so difficult to get out of when I'm in the dark periods of it I just want to look at the anxiety the whole time because I think that's probably my subconscious sort of cavewomany way of surviving is thinking, look, something's wrong, something's wrong. We need to sort it out. But you just have to well, I just have to, I'm not sure if it's the same for everybody. I just have mm-hmm. to find ways of distracting myself and uh, you know, getting out of my of my head and expanding my perspective a little bit. I find, like, very mindful but quite silly kind of, like, slightly meaningless tasks, like I do little puzzles and I've been yeah. learning to do embroidery. It's all oh. very grandma-esque behaviour, which yeah. I love because I've always felt like a, a 26-year-old <laughs> grandma. Um, and that's um, very much how I identify. So I love doing those things and having deep conversations with people, having, you know, having... It, yeah, kind of in depth chats that really occupy my mind mm-hmm. is is really useful. Um, and exercising previously has been really really useful. Yeah, um, but this time round and and therapy as well, you know, I haven't had to do that this time round, mm. but um, because I've kind of got the tools, but I did have to do kind of two rounds of it. Um, I did two two goes at Cbt before I really felt like I understood Cbt and I could employ it properly yeah and now I'm quite good at knowing what are unhelpful thinking patterns like when I'm uh, you know a, a big thing that causes me to have the anxiety for long periods of time is mm. is the fact that I think that i I think I'm going to have the anxiety for long periods of time yeah and so reminding myself that that's kind of fortune telling I'm I'm making that up I'm just kind of predicting the future and I have no idea whether I'm going to have the is 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 a good thing um and yeah being able to kind of recognize those spirals that that keep me just kind of sitting being just in my own brain just thinking about breathing in and out for days on end is is you know there's there's definite ways that I can kind of like clock those thought Mm -hmm. cycles that I'm getting into but I have found, yeah, previously, like exercise was a big conversation that I had with my therapist back in February, time when I had my kind of first relapse. Yeah. And that was, she encouraged me to exercise three or four times a week, which I definitely don't quite do, but I try and do in terms of a bit of yoga, a bit of spinning, a bit of running. Yeah. Um, and, for some reason even though I'd actually been doing quite a lot of it in the lead up to this bout of anxiety yeah. um it hadn't quite cut cut it this time and i think previously i'd enjoyed that feeling of like being a bit out of breath mm. because it was expected and controlled when i was running or spinning or something yes. whereas you know, I, I was meant to be experiencing out of, you know, being out of breath and struggling to catch my breath a little bit, because that's what happens when you exercise. But for some reason, this time round, it's like really triggered it and made me spend, you know, if I go for a run, and I'm struggling to breathe, which mm. we all do a little bit, we're running fast. um, Or in my case, running slowly. um, Then, it would make me I wouldn't be able to get out of the pattern of like focusing on my breathing not being right and then Mm. not being able to get back into a comfortable pattern with it for like the rest of the day which was really irritating so I've kind of had to put my running on the back burner a little bit I have done a couple of shorter runs but my long runs were just not not something that I felt like I could face over the last two weeks Mm -hmm. Um and I've just been doing yoga, which has been the only exercise apart from a couple of short runs um yoga's been one that I feel like I can do because obviously you're focusing on your breathing as part of that, yeah, and so breathing in breathing out as you do the moves is is has felt quite like I can regain a level of control over my breathing um but i'm actually not too worried uncharacteristically because mm. i'm kind of out of the uh, i'm out of the other end now, yeah um I'm, you know, fingers crossed, feeling much, much better over the last kind of four or five days. I've I've had little, I have little moments of anxiety and then it kind of goes in that cycle, like in a week or two, mm. fingers crossed, before I know it, it becomes hours that I don't think about anxiety and then days that I don't think about anxiety and then weeks and then months that I don't think about anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, this... I've kind of rejigged my training plan a little bit to focus on it. And I'm not feeling too worried yet. Um, So instead I was supposed to do five miles last weekend, Mm -hmm. uh, which I didn't as my long run, which I didn't do. Um, So I'm going to do that this weekend instead. And uh, so I've got three, three and five. Yeah. I know I can do three because I've still kind of comfortably been doing three and that's been okay. Mm. So I'm going to do three, three and five this week. Even though I think technically I should be si- I should be on six this weekend, um, and then the week after that I'm going to do three and a half three and a half seven. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 kind of adding I'm adding two miles to my long run, which you know is is quite big, but I'm not feeling too anxious about that. We'll see how it goes, yeah. but I think I, I think I'm still feeling quite confident that I'll be able to do five, five miles this weekend, despite the fact that. I didn't do my four. Yeah. I so despite the fact that I've essentially had two weeks off of my long run. Yeah. Okay.
1: So um I was just wondering if um like you said before that running or exercise at least well no running was previously helpful mm. but mm. If necessarily so at the moment or hasn't been in the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um And I wonder how much of an impact having a race in the diary has in terms of that, in terms of exacerbating any kind of anxious thoughts, because we know that previously when you've had a race in the diary, it's really contributed to not feeling very well at all um and i know that you-
0: yeah it definitely it definitely does build my anxiety levels a little bit mm. i think i just this time round i i'm i'm really keen to still do the half um so i think i just need to what seems to be working is to kind of forget that like while i've been unwell mm. just forget that i have the race and not put that pressure on myself and worry about that and then kind of pick that back up when I'm feeling in a better place again. Because I think if I overthink like, oh, but what would I do about the half? And mm. I have just had to kind of be like, nothing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Nobody's going to judge you or be cross with you or sad with you if you don't do it because you're ill.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and put that kind of on the back burner. And then now that I'm feeling more myself again, I feel able to start thinking about that being a thing that's happening in the future and it doesn't make me it doesn't make me worry Mm. kind of thing yeah yeah it's a weird one it's a delicate balance because it also sometimes helps me to feel quite purposeful and like I've got something to push towards that makes me feel quite well
1: yeah yeah I can understand that Mm. I just I would be I'm just I'm just you know I'm just concerned about you and you being happy and I don't I don't want us to mm. always be because of the podcast pushing you to do races when actually maybe maybe races aren't the thing races aren't the thing that you mm. should be doing particularly I mean I don't know but I mean if 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 it if it feels manageable now then fine but as long as you always know in your head yeah there is you know you can you can just get out of it you don't you know none none of these things are (laughs)
0: yeah I know of course I just
1: I'll
0: I'll keep you and everybody else updated about it I think Mm. and just I know I don't ever feel any like sense of of pressure from you or our community that that I need to do big long races to be an interesting runner or whatever you know that's something that we talk about all the time that I think people really value as part of our community of listeners that we know that you know even if you're running a mile a week even if you're running a mile a month even if you're you know that you are a runner Mm. even if you've never run before but you're interested in in taking it up you're a runner already and so I know that that I wouldn't I don't feel kind of like judged or anything in our space if I were to mm. I've done it before if I were to to say no I'm not doing it anymore yeah yeah Um. so I'll just keep you guys updated but at the moment I feel like I'm still keen and I've I've got Lex as well, my friend, who I run with that mm-hmm. that we're we're gently running together, which is really nice because mm-hmm. I've got a little bit of accountability, but also support that I know if I've, if I am having a bad run, where I think like you were talking about in a couple of episodes ago, with feeling like actually no, I'm this is causing me to kind of feel panic, yeah,
1: um,
0: whether that's physical, mental, or both, um, and I know that I've got someone there that will. Always be like, let's stop then, yeah. Um, and get a coffee or wine or water or whatever equivalent or packet of crisps and sit down and chat it through mm-hmm. and not not worry about needing to finish the run if we don't have to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's really important thing that it's teaching me about intuitive exercise and intuitive running.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That. I've, part of me knows that I slightly let anxiety win if I say no I'm not going to run today because I'm worried it's going to make give me a panic attack like I know that the way that you face those phobias and and fears is by doing them and realizing that even if running does give you a panic attack like it's not that's that you know that's not dangerous that's not it's all it's all natural and normal and you'll feel fine again and a panic attack can last 15 minutes maximum and then your body can't do anymore and it stops it will always end um but um I think also knowing when to say a bit like having a cold or like the rule we always use with if it's below the chest or below you know below the neck neck. that sometimes I feel like my anxiety is equivalent of below the net. Yes. Yeah. and it's not worth potentially going out and, and give it a, yeah and making myself poorly yeah, yeah. by by doing something that I know will exacerbate feelings of can I breathe am I okay is my net na- is my breathing natural is am I having a heart attack all the various spirally yeah, thoughts yeah, yeah but you know I will keep you updated and I'll tell you if I do feel like it's not something that I'm going to be able to do yeah um promise that I'll do Good. that. But but yeah, but maybe you're right that maybe it's worth doing this half marathon and then, you know, doing a bit more of the kind of intuitive running that I, I had been enjoying before yeah. that I started the training. Yeah, running to feel. Um, yeah. yeah, running to feel, I mm. think it's it's important. Yeah. We don't always have to have a a race, even though it feels like you kind of do a little bit as the as the push, as the drive.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you I know, it, I, I I think it completely depends on it depends on you. It's it's such a personal thing, isn't it? Mm. And I think sometimes it really really does help to have a goal, but your goal doesn't need to be race-based at all and it doesn't need to be Yeah. Yeah, it it can just be anything. Um and races have I mean there's so much external pressure and stuff you can't really control and like the race, mm. you know, the the bath half we're going to do, it's not going to be the same as the last bath half we did. So there's no, I think it's really well. played
0: into all of that. Yeah. That, like, it's this particular race as well has been cancelled and moved and postponed and blah 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 mm. three or four times. I think five, which, yeah, and, and also, oh my gosh, yeah. it also con- contributes to that kind of like, yeah, feeling of being out of control with it. Mm. And it's really difficult to train when. Or, you know all of the kind of evidence suggests that it's never going to happen yeah. because that's what's happened five times before at this point yeah, yeah that it does make it really difficult as well and I think that does contribute massively to the feelings of anxiety yeah
1: yeah yeah for sure I can really yeah understand that. that sometimes I'm like know, why what?
0: am I doing this am I am I right to be doing this are, are other people doing this or do they all know something I don't know that yeah. it's going to be cancelled are they yeah but tell me about about yours because I did clock over, as I'm sure many of the lovely listeners did too, that over the last week was it over this weekend that your long run was was your 20 yeah you went over the
1: threshold I did go over the threshold look I tell you what I will talk about it talk about it but we I know that we've had um a few letters so I thought maybe what we could do is we could just oh should we do should we do a a letter in between yeah let's do some letters and then I'll talk about my running which is ups and downs in a different kind of way I think and I have got so much fear um (laughs) so um, so, okay yeah so let's let's talk because I know that you had a couple of because we talked a bit because um in uh whenever it was a couple of weeks ago I was talking about um in the podcast world at least um how I'd been heckled Mm. in a very minor way by a couple of blokes and i know that you had a couple yeah. of responses from that so i'd be really interested to hear yeah
0: we did i i'll see how long it takes me to get through the first one but we have had a couple i might mm. i might read a couple mm-hmm. um maybe i can just summarize some experiences yeah. but it i mean it's been first of all it's been lovely like we've had we've had loads of of emails um since you spoke about that but Also, of course, that comes with the caveat of I'm so sad that there are so many women that have had these experiences. I think we know when we did the the We Will campaign last March, April time, I think last year, um, we asked lots of our social media followers at that point what they'd experienced and we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of responses so I knew this was a thing and I know this is a thing with our with our listeners and in our community but it's still sad to be reminded we had this one from uh Leanne I hope she doesn't mind me using her real name um Uh, She hasn't asked me not to. Um, But yeah, Leanne um, said, just listen to your podcast about hecklers, it happens quite a lot. I'm 34, a personal trainer, and I wear shorts and a sports bra on all my runs in the summer. Mm. And so I should, despite it seems attracting a lot of looks from men out of van windows. I do, however, just giggle to myself at that and think how sad. Therefore, not getting angry or upset and cracking on with my run. But a guy a few months ago was riding his bike alongside me for a mile. Oh, my God. Hitting on me and saying all sorts of stuff. He wouldn't leave me alone despite slowing down and speeding up, telling him to leave me alone, etc. <gasps> I ended up going a different route to try and avoid him. That's terrifying. I just thought that was gross. Yeah. So scary. Yeah, that would freak. Imagine, no, imagine saying. Oh, my God. I think as women as well, to make a generalisation, a lot of the time we assume that we can sort problems by talking about them. That's yeah. how we solve them with each other most of the time. Yeah. That if I said to a man, oh, by the way, you might not have realised, but you're making me feel really uncomfortable, so could you just leave me alone? It, I, it wouldn't even cross my mind that the guy might go, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's awful. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. And... It went on. She said that she, um, this is something that she popped on her social media a few weeks ago that mm. is a separate incident. So she said, yesterday I went for a run. Um, a man in his 60s moved over for me. Um, I guess, you mm. know, kind of let her pass. Uh, she said, I smiled to say thanks. And he gave me a weird look as he looked me up and down and licked his lips. Oh. I was nearly sick in my mouth. I know I felt naked. It won't stop me running and it won't stop me wearing my gear, but fuck me. Some men seriously need to rein it in and fucking look in the mirror. He was 26 years older than me for fuck's sake. I don't want to feel sick on my runs. That is horrible.
1: Legit. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. Yeah. That's not very oh nice. My is it? God. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah.
0: Oh, so that one was really, really horrid. I have got another one. Yeah. If- if we have If we want to yeah, yeah. continue to be angry with men. Yeah. Um...
1: Have you joined us on Patreon yet? For just a couple of quid, you'll get some lovely patron-only perks, including an exclusive newsletter for me and Holly, full of secrets and swearing and all sorts. More freebies on the way too. Join us at patreon.com forward slash running for all your extra Holly and Esther bits. So
0: this is from a lovely listener called Sarah. She said, I listened to last week's episode and really want to share my experience of being heckled on my run and the negative effect it's had slash having on my running. So this one's a little bit sad. Uh, I think, I think Leanne, um, you know, it sounds like she's experienced things that we've all experienced, but the, yeah. a lot of the time she manages to just kind of laugh it off and move on, which is awful. Yeah. And we should not have to do that as women, yeah. but that is how a lot of us respond. Whereas I really felt for Sarah and the, the impact this is having on her when she wrote this in, mm-hmm. So, yeah, she said she really wants to share this experience. It's it's having a, a negative effect on her running. So it's taken months, no exaggeration, to convince myself that it's safe for me to run in a morning on my own and only once it's light. Five or six years ago, when I started running, I always ran alone and really enjoyed it. But over the years, I've got more and more nervous about being out on my own to the point I didn't really do it at all anymore. Instead, I take to doing 6.30 a.m. spin classes, which I do love, and only running at Parkrun and with my husband on a Monday lunchtime. Mm. Uh, because, of course, it'll be fine if I'm out with a man, she said yeah. sarcastically, though also irritatingly truly. Um, but I really wanted to start running alone again. So two weeks in a row, I ran alone around 6.30 a.m. and it was fine. Mm. Week three, twice I got honked. Uh. The first time it was a beep and I was on a main road. And while the urge to stick my middle finger up and shout fuck off was strong, I was really worried at what the consequences might be. Second time, it was a car full of men hanging out the windows and jeering at me as they went past. Oh, my God. I just wanted to cry, but also was genuinely a bit frightened. Yeah. I got home and told my husband and he was absolutely shocked that this could happen. And I've now decided I'm not running in a morning alone and will wait for the holidays to be over um, so that I can run with my husband on a lunchtime again. Oh, my
1: God.
0: I know. Maybe I should just take no notice. And perhaps I'm being overly sensitive, but it's genuinely put me off being out running alone. Then she said lovely things about the podcast and said, thank you for us keeping her company. So thank you both for sharing those experiences. And I'm so sorry because that sounds
1: horrid. It is. It's just awful. And you know, I think it's so difficult in the telling, isn't it? I think, I think it's really difficult Mm. for women. It's right. They can tell us and we understand because we know what it feels like. But it's when you, when you sort of said, Oh, it's, you know, it's, just, it's really difficult to tell men because I think that you know because their experience—if if a stranger says something or does something to them, their innate response is going to be so different to ours. And so, like you know, I'm I'm really pleased that mm. you know, well, I'm really pleased that they're, they're sort of telling these stories because it, it you know so, so often when we talk about women and running and feeling unsafe we are uh, often talking about violent behavior or potentially violent behavior and it it's I think it's so important to kind of to talk about uh, how a look and how possible kind of non-verbal communication can have an effect not not only on Mm. on your 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 the run that you're having that Day, but your entire day, potentially the rest of your running career, is is happening in in Sarah's case. And yeah, I, and I think like I mean it is it absolutely foul. Um, but yeah, these blokes they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea about the lasting effect of their actions. I think a lot of them wouldn't give a shit. No, it seems like. I know I worry about that. But I
0: do I- it's it is terrifying. It's it's interesting because it's I thought when you were saying that I was like I know what the reaction of a lot of these blokes would be because mm. I completely agree with you. It's like yeah this is the stuff of course violent stuff that is happening to people out and about on their mm. own is is horrendous and is something that but I think that's something we as you said can like all all widely acknowledge is is not okay. Yeah. I think these things that happen that are more subtle, that happen more regularly, and to more women, yeah. are are really like poisoning people's experiences oh, of running could, yeah. on the regular yeah. because they ha- they happen all the time. And I can hear the responses that, like, if it's a look, or if it's a comment, or if mm. it's just a group of men being in a big group and all looking or whatever. Oh my god! I can hear those men be like. You know, yeah. how how I can't do anything these days. I can't even look at a woman and and, yes. and it's and it's yeah, but you at the warm. end of the
1: day You know, it's like what Yeah, oh God. Yeah.
0: But you know, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if in doubt, just don't fucking sexualize women yeah. on a run. Yeah. Or don't even don't think about them in any other sense than just, oh brilliant, they're doing a run. Yeah. Like there doesn't need to be any thought about how that woman relates to you what you want to do to or say to that woman like just exist independently and realize that that's a vulnerable moment for women often and that they're doing a brave thing being out on their own exercising it's something we've talked about lots on this podcast that's something that from a young age we all feel you know self-conscious about doing Mm -hmm. and just realise that that is not a time where it's about you or your interaction or your relationship with that person. It is just about them doing their own fucking thing and you letting them get on with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't say it better myself. It just, yeah. it's, it, it's so frustrating. It's so horrible, and I mean, I hate, I hate the fact mm. that these, this behaviour is is stopping women from doing something that they love it's just and I'll tell you what another thing I mean I know we shouldn't be talking about you know women we should not have to change our behavior to make our lives more safe like the people that are making it making us feel unsafe yeah. should be changing their behavior absolutely and I'm gonna you know I will bang the drum for that forever and ever and ever mm, That mm-hmm. said, it is a big reason that Why I've enjoyed running on trails rather than roads, because you don't get, I mean, apart from the twat on the canal boat, you generally don't get, you know, you don't get blokes hanging out of cars if you're running along a footpath. No, no. So is it is a if you're out where
0: you're more likely to encounter other runners, Mm -hmm. they're going to be more likely to be sympathetic to. Well, you'd hope. Yes, I've not experienced tackling or jeering or funny looks or whatever from other runners before at all.
1: No, and I know some people Um, have, but no, 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 I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure
0: it does exist, but I suppose, yeah, as you say, like it's if you kind of remove yourself from like running in front of everyday people who don't know what that's like to feel called out and sexualized or objectified or whatever while you're yeah yeah I mean I can and it's not just comments that are like obviously it's it's awful to experience those kind of yeah like sexualizing comments or whatever Mm. someone jeering at you or leering at you or making you feel like objectified in that way but objectification is also it's just anybody making comments about the way that you look, the way you move, the way you're. Even if they're, even if they might be veiled in kind of innocence or whatever, yeah. like it's still looking. They don't know anything about you. They don't know who you are as a person. Mm. They have no right to be commenting on the way that you, on what they see. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I just. Yeah. God, isn't it? Isn't it fucking sad that we're still talking about it? I mean, I, I just like. I know. Why? Why hasn't this stopped? Why? Why do these people exist? It's just—it's so sad. It's so sad. I didn't get any of that. I know it's horrid. I didn't get anything, run. You know, I don't get it on trails. I haven't had it on trails. Mm. Um, I'm. I'm sure that some people will have other experiences. Um, but I, yeah, nothing. And I, I didn't get anything. Um. I mean to kind of segue really badly, but it was bloody joyful running in Cornwall. I got nothing at all, nothing like that. Oh, um, good, good, that's really nice. And and sometimes, often, yeah, when I've run on holiday, particularly when I've run um, in areas in which there aren't that many runners, I've I, it, it mm. makes you feel a bit weird and unsafe. And and this was true of of this holiday. There weren't that. I didn't, you know, when I run around Bath, I'm constantly met by by teams of runners there's just so many of us um but, yeah. you know, when you get to more remote more rural locations there are fewer runners and so I did you know occasionally just sort of think oh this I, I don't know you have your sort of urban head on as much as Bath is urban but you have your urban head on when you're mm-hmm. in more rural, rural areas thinking oh god you know I feel a bit kind of lonely and isolated out here but actually um, nothing happened at all. It was all absolutely fine. So I was very fortunate, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think as long as you've got a way to contact someone in, emer- mm. in an emergency, which we're lucky enough to have with yeah. having sports watches and stuff, yeah. then that was what Sabrina said to us, who is our resident trail guru. Yeah. Um that like as long as you have you know don't be going out there without a phone or without a you know something to be able to to contact people if you are in trouble Mm -hmm. then and to know where you are as well in terms of getting lost then i do think that like actually yeah as you say like isolated in the middle of nowhere running yeah does feel quite a lot safer and does feel yeah a bit a bit less bit less threatening and frightening
1: yeah yeah absolutely I
0: definitely had that in the Isle of in the Isle of Wight when I when I did my little because generally I think I've only I've only run in Bath and a bit in Cheltenham where my parents live Mm -hmm. which are both quite urban areas but I I loved my little Isle of Wight run yeah Uh and people really left me alone I think I was expecting more slightly odd old men making comments at me as I've ran through their village or whatever Mm. but that really wasn't what happened at all everyone just left me to it
1: yeah I had exactly more than I'd say
0: in Bath or something yeah no I had exactly the
1: same and and I definitely um despite everything that I've said on loads of previous podcasts um everyone I met because mostly I was doing Coast Path stuff everyone most of the people that I met were walkers or dog walkers and Mm. every single one of the dog walkers I, I would say were absolutely lovely and very oh, yeah. um, sensitive to the needs and, and, you know, potential distress of other people who may not like their dogs. Like, oh, yeah. I had, I had um one, there was one bit where I had a very, very big dog that appeared to be ownerless because it was like going around a corner and it completely mm. left off of me, and had the absolute shite out of me. But the owner, who hadn't seen me because he was round the corner, came round that corner, saw what had happened, called the dog back, and could not apologise enough. Was just like, "I am so oh, sorry." Oh, that's really, really kind. Yeah, you know, really, really, really sorry. Are you not okay? even
0: really kind? That's just. That's what you do, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's I've what you do. That that's I've a good,
1: e- that be- a great example of. It's great, isn't it? But I've had that before, yeah. on path and stuff like that. And there's been not a single word. And in fact, that happened at the weekend. Mm. Like, like not, yeah. not a word, not a word of apology, not a word of uh, anything at all. Just, I mean, utter silence. Not even a hello. You know, it's like for fuck's sake. Yeah, well, sort yourselves out. Um, but yeah, it
0: sounds like Cornish trails are the place oh to be. Oh my God, Holly, it was just... marathon training. It was, it was
1: lovely. It was so, mm, so your lovely. Your pictures looked gorgeous. It if was,
0: people don't follow Esther on Instagram already, go and look at her pictures of Cornish trails. Oh God, it was really nice. Because they will make you want to go and run on Cornish trails. Lovely
1: though. I mean, I think they're the kind of, it was, I mean, I was there for two weeks. I was really lucky because I had my, my mother-in-law was with us. And so she was kind of doing, you know, looking after kids while I could just like take myself off for hours. And I knew that I had to do these two very long runs while I was out there, and I didn't know the area at all. Um, uh, and I don't know, it was interesting because it, it was, I think it's good, but it's it, one thing I was going to talk about was the kind of um, was was paranoia still, but the way in which the mm-hmm. kind of paranoia about the running not necessarily being right kind of comes in different directions. Like before, I was getting paranoid about. I don't know, um, I can't remember what it was, I was getting, paranoid. I was just getting paranoid about kind of injury perhaps or paranoid about this and the other or yeah. fit things in and um, so my first long run was on Coast Path, as yet unrun Coast Path and all I was going to do was do out and back because you can't really go wrong when it's a southwest coast path, you know, you there's directions everywhere and you just stick with the sea on your right or the sea on your left. Yeah. So, um, Oh, I'm jealous. Even just hearing you say oh that—oh, god, it was, it was absolutely amazing. But the, when I went out, it was something like I—I um, I tried to go on a day, because we we went when it went through a sort of secondary heat wave, and um and yeah. on the day that I decided to run, um, which I'd pushed back a little bit because of the heat, it still was really hot. It was like 24 degrees or something, and um yeah, and turns out southwest coast coast path is really really hilly so by the time I got back firstly I'd said to Dave I'll be about I I was planning to do 17 miles or 16 miles and so I'd said 6 12 18 he said yeah so I said to him I'll be back in about three hours and Mm -hmm. I also said um what's the other thing I said I can't remember. Anyway, I said I'd be back in three hours. I wasn't. I mean, it was like four hours. Mm. It was at least an hour over what I would expect. Um, yeah, and I, I, um, I had to walk so much of it. I had to walk loads of it. I'd taken a liter of fluid with me, and by the yeah. time I was turning around, so by the time I'd I'd done um, eight miles or something, um, I was. But down to my last probably 200 mil um and I mean, yeah happily i'd passed a couple of cafes en route so i stopped at two on the way back to get more water and to get more fluid but no shame one of my one of my favorite no shame. stops no shame at all there's always but a cafe it, it did both of those things really knocked me the hills and the walking and yeah that having not enough fluid and the fact that it took an hour longer that that's length, that's definitely
0: time,
1: yeah
0: yeah so that really, lo- longer time on your feet although it maybe. might feel like oh i didn't do so much today with my run because it took me that much longer yeah. it took you that much longer so you were out there on your feet for so much yeah, longer and the heat was yeah. was
1: unbelievable and in the end so on this really hot day i had the liter of fluid that i had in my in my um running pack i then had mm. um a, a they sell water in cans there so i had a, a can of water so another 300 mil there then i then there was a cafe that the way the key was too long and i couldn't do anything and i had four miles to go yeah so four miles with no fluid right at the end of my run in 24 oh degrees, my gosh waterfall. and then there was a cafe right at the end and i bought um I bought two cans so yeah another 600 so let's say let's say I got through two liters in that run and I remember on that day that I so I set out at like eight o'clock in the morning I did not have a wee until five that evening (laughs) and I was drinking oh my goodness drinking, drinking I had I had sweated so much that i just yeah yeah, ada was down to raisin size
0: isn't it mental when that happens because i still don't quite believe sometimes that like that's you know where all your fluids going when uh, it doesn't make sense to me sometimes but yeah yeah, i was talking about it with doug the other day because we were i can't remember what we were doing something that was very sweaty and we both noticed that we hadn't hadn't drunk anything all day just, um, you, yeah it's so weird how we had of... we weed all day and yeah, yeah even though we were drinking horrendous amounts it was at a wedding yeah. and a lot of what we were drinking was alcohol mm-hmm. but uh, still yeah. same same think applied we were A yeah. like is there science to this we were A like we're not really getting very drunk yeah I swear I was just sweating a huge amount of the alcohol straight out because sure <laughs> we were drinking a lot of Prosecco and we were very felt very sober. Yeah, I'm
1: sure. I'm sure. There's um, that. Like,
0: and then, yeah. yeah, also we weren't going for any wheeze. Okay, yeah. So
1: I yeah. Um, and like this weekend just gone. So we, we came back on Friday and I had to go for my first long run in bath after all of that and and I Mm. um and the other the other little that was your 20 wasn't it so I did so I did the 17 and it took me a while to recover from that um but then uh, after that I I also had I had this so that was the out and back but mostly my runs Mm. followed all roughly the same route I had I found a four mile and a seven mile circular route and it was all on the coast path it was going the other direction and it was it was it it, was I know it shouldn't be circular because it's on the coast path, but it, it was because we were right on the edge of a peninsula. Mm. So we had of go down one bit, of the triangle, come up the other and then go across. And it oh, was just... Whereabouts were you in Cornwall? Exactly? Mors, well, near St. Moore's. It was um, uh, Roseland oh. Peninsula. So it was, it was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, love um, But we had... Mm. Um, so I found this route and I absolutely loved it. And so on, my, on the second time that I had to do a long run... Um i I'd, I'd been getting my head in a state about I don't want to do that coast, I don't want to do the particular stretch of coast path again that I did before. Three thousand feet of elevation I did in in that. It was <sighs> oh so up. Oh my god. So um and so I said I would I didn't want to do that again. Um and so in the end, what I did was I got, Oh I'd just be silently crying like, as I ran <laughs> by the perfect. end. What I did was my yeah. circular route of seven or four, I just did that four times. <clears throat> so for my second long run, I did that. I just went round and round and round. And mm-hmm. every time I reached the kind it's quite of quite nice if it got if you've got a nice view. It was it, amazing, beautiful views. Um mm. and every time I kind of reached the start of it, it was by a cafe. So I knew exactly where I could go to go and get what ended up being my favourite recovery drink oh, of all time, which was a lemonade. Um so uh, I could have that. Oh. And the only thing there was there was um a field of cows which I had to which hadn't been there before I mean the field had been there before but the cows definitely hadn't been there before and the cows were yeah. on, like as I ran through it the first time they were like way far away and then the second time they were a little bit closer and then the third you know so four miles later when I go and so and um, by the fourth time round I actually had to edge round a cow's arse and as I was doing that I thought oh my oh, god this cow doesn't have any udders so it was only after that, that I realized <gasps> ah! I've run into a field of balls. <laughs> That's a bit terrifying. Oh but my God.
0: Actually, actually that it. is something to discuss is cows on mm-hmm. a coastal path or like, you know, National Trust route or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, I haven't ever had it on a run, but several walks mm-hmm. I've had and Generally, I I like to think that I'm quite chill because my parents used to live in a super rural area that, like, you had to drive through or walk through a field of cows to get to the house. Yeah. Um, and my mum used to... The cows would, like, stand in the road and my mum used to lean out the window and go, Gwan! At the cows. <laughs> uh, to get them to go. <laughs> I still think about that quite a lot. It makes me laugh. <laughs> it's a lot of character for her. But, um... But, <laughs> and they wouldn't often they wouldn't go on um but um yeah so I like to think of myself as quite chill and used to cows but a couple of times I've been with friends um on like yeah coastal paths or national trust paths or something and ended up in a field with the ominous bull in field sign and it's been really frightening yeah. I think I think I think other energy I'm not blaming other friends who are frightened of cows and bulls yeah. but being with people who are frightened has actually rubbed off on me and oh, made oh, me yeah. really like oh god maybe this can yeah. be really scary yeah you know I know yeah I and do- I've lost my confidence massively with it it's,
1: yeah I I'm kind of okay um but, um, yeah, I, I absolutely thoroughly agree. I have a couple of friends who are terrified of cows and would reroute their run, yeah. no matter if they're in a race or no matter if they're, you know, whatever kind of trail run they're doing, um, would reroute rather than going through a field of just cows. I And and I I can, and that has rocked on mm. me, and I can understand why I have actually, pre- well, 30 years ago, almost, 25 years ago, I was chased by cows. So I understand. And, and they're big, yeah. very big, and they're very heavy. I've had it once. Have you?
0: And, 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 and we had to go, yeah, yeah. How did, you, how did you escape? Did you just run? We ran.
1: Sorry, it's making me laugh. <laughs> it that we, it's awful. obviously,
0: it's very frightening. But time, it's
1: making me laugh that we're talking about At the time, I was absolutely terrified. We, and I was with, one of, one of our number was a screamer. So she didn't help things very much. <gasps> Oh, um, no. We jumped over a fence into a field, but then as we were in the field, well, no, we weren't in a field. We were like in, t- in woodland and it was clearly marked as private land. And my sense of what is right and wrong made me more concerned about being in private land than the cows. Than being in the cow yeah. field. Mm. And on all the cows by this stage they were they were all nudging us they, they like then we were trapped by kind of woods like we couldn't get into the woods we were sort of trapped against the fence and they were sort of there. oh my gosh but they seemed to be quite kind of benign um you know once they stopped running they were just there kind of some of them eating grass some of them just yeah. sort of interested and so somehow we managed to get the bravery enough together to climb back over the fence there was we, we knew there was a gate that was like a hundred y- yards on or something. So we all climbed over this fence and then walked very swiftly with purpose, but no running or screaming to the mm. gate. But by the time we were going over the gate, they were nose, noses were pressed against the backs of our legs. Um, Oh my oh, it goodness! Was quite scary, yeah. But there were no calves there. I don't remember. That's really scary. I don't remember. I don't. I know. think
0: that's what happened with us. Mm-hmm. I think it was because there were calves that um, we were walking through. Um, you know, um, Newton St. Low. That's where I and was. There's chased. like a oh no way, and there's and there's oh, God, um, fields. <laughs> When you're walking from Bath Spa Uni yeah. to Newton-St. Lowe. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly where yeah. I was too. So that's where Doug was at uni and I was with him and a friend and we were going for a walk to Newton-St. Lowe. Yeah. Sorry, this is, all, this is classic ass again. Uh, um, no one else is going to have heard of fucking Newton-St. Lowe. <laughs> a duchy town, in fact, yeah. for everybody's information. <laughs> but um, where everybody has to paint their... Doors the same color anyway, or something yeah. weird rules, yeah because <laughs> Prince Charles is in charge there, or something I don't know, anyway, um we were walking there, and we similarly had there were there were calves in the field at the time, and a cow it was only the one cow, thank God we mm. didn't have like a whole herd like you, yeah. which would have been very scary, it, but it was one quite aggressive cow who was doing the kind of like jumping thing Ooh, yeah of, that's not nice of, yeah. Of, uh, yeah, that was really scary. And thank God I had no idea how he knew this. But Doug knew to go like this and you know, stretch his arms out and make himself look big. Mm. And then the cow got a bit freaked out and backed off.
1: I didn't know that.
0: But I was just planning to turn and run. Yeah. I think I did. I think I did just kind of like turn and walk. I don't think I had I don't think I ran, mm. but I think I walked very, very briskly back towards the cow cattle grid. Yeah. Um, but Doug just stood in front of the cow like a heroic oh.
1: um,
0: sort of windsock. Oh, like, like Jesus, and, and, Rio and De Janeiro, stretched him. That kind of, yeah. Yes, yeah, just very like Jesus, actually, uh, similar.
1: <laughs> Doug does have a Jesus there. to his flock. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. He Doug, Doug has a big Jesus there for the <laughs> listener. <laughs> Oh my God, cows. Douglas of Nazareth.
1: There so were cows. Yeah. We think cows are the new, but maybe cows are the new dogs when it comes to the Women's Running podcast.
0: <laughs> about? I think they could be. Could Have be. you been affected by uh, cows? Um,
1: yeah. Do write in and let us know. Do. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah. no cows when I went on my... Uh, <laughs> Long run <laughs> at the weekend because I did the canal path, so happily Good. free, yeah, of cows. cow free, swan not free. swan free, no, but cow free. No, and, but the swans have grown up, so I did notice. Do, oh, do you know what I thought was really interesting, you know, the um the whole ankle biting episode of you know the swan going forward. Yes. Feet? Um, so that you know, and swans stay together, don't they? So you have a you have at that point it was really obvious this obvious family unit with two big white swans and then the kind of teenage grey ones that were with them and the swans I ran past in my long run this weekend there was one white swan and just two of these large grey ones mm. that were larger and I thought oh, you know, trouble at mill what's going on there? Why are those two so I felt yeah. maybe the swans maybe are divorced and he's taken ownership of these two <sighs> that's what I thought oh. that's what I thought my take on the matter a, a custody battle yes I believe so I think it between was between swans yeah, I think so. yeah Um but yeah so the so the run I'd had was um fine and but then you know how like you just end up questioning absolutely everything so I came so this it felt good because it was 20 miles it was 20 point something which I wasn't going to do I was going to do 19 and a half and then I thought Ooh, fuck it, it feels alright, I'll do 20 point something. Because my last yeah was 18 point 18 and a half, I think. And I thought, it's okay to add a mile and a half. Oh my gosh, smashing it, can I just say. Well, you are smashing it's it. It's really kind, but I have come back with my own set of concerns about all of that. So I did it, but I came back and I was really pleased for maybe 20 seconds and then I just mm-hmm. thought, oh wow. Well, Maybe it's easy because I hadn't run at that point. I ran on Sunday and I hadn't run since Wednesday. So I'd had a a Mm. few days off because this was because of travel and all sorts. I couldn't do it. So I had, to, I don't no
0: because that will be more. It it may well have been easy because of that, but yeah. that will more likely mimic your
1: race day because you probably will have a few days of recovery before that. That's true. That's true. So that that yes, and and I was sort of telling myself that and thinking <clears throat> maybe maybe that would be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the other thing <clears throat> um, that I was thinking about was um, I'd realized that my uh, that that first very long, really awful coast run where I had to do lots of walking, where I didn't think it counted. I didn't think the miles counted because of all the walking that I had to do. Yeah. Um, was also the first Which day Which you my... would tell me is bollocks. I would tell you it's bollocks. And I need to remember the things I'd say. And it is bollocks because it is time on feet. Mm-hmm. But um the other thing about that day was it was the first day of my period and um yeah so I think that had a
0: oh, big period yeah. thoughts yes. over the yeah same with me like I think a lot of mine I haven't had any physical period yeah. but oh my gosh I know that my hormones in my body has been in that place because I've had sore boobs yeah. I've had this feeling of like along with the anxiety I also get this like funny feeling when I'm hormonal where I get like quite spooked if that makes sense, yeah. like things kind of give me jumps, and I feel a bit on edge, and I feel yeah. kind of yeah, oh, so yeah. We are wolves, yeah, and we, are. we the moon has has been connecting us on that level. I
1: think, right I think all those emotions. If you know what I mean? You know, too, I do because I think you get more. I just th- do think you get more anxious because everything is such so much more sort of peaky at that time. So anxiety feels yeah. more anxious and terror feels more terrifying and worry feels more worrying. Like everything is more, it's just more, isn't it? And, and so, um, big time. And I was way, way, way more cross with myself on that day doing that kind of walk run. Um, and so, so another, but to, just to add to my kind of paranoia about whether my running is going all right or not, is like, I finished that 20 mile mm. run. And after my 20 seconds of kind of, um, elation, I thought, Oh, well, maybe it's only good because I'm ovulating and I won't be ovulating by the time it's um, the London Marathon. I'm going to be, oh God, I, I don't know. It, I, I think it's a week before my period, or it might even be like four or five days, it, it, depending on how regular I, I decide okay. my period has to be. In fact, I'll probably go I'm going to yeah. get my period on the day of the marathon. I know I will. Anyway, I'm oh. very. Early. So um,
0: Well, if you do, even though practically that sucks,
1: mm.
0: am I right in thinking that hormonally that's not the worst? It's not,
1: but it's only because I'm going to be remembering that that long trail, uh, long coast run, that was when I had my first period, my first day of my period. And so I was, and I was feeling shit that day. So it's not oh, necessarily yeah. the worst thing, but, but my mind will make it so so (laughs) I know
0: I think
1: that all you can do is
0: control what you can control yeah and annoyingly a lot of the time we can't control our hormones and our wombs and the comings and goings of those wombs yeah it's very irritating and you are not i know you want to do well because you're brilliant and you deserve to smash it and it should be an amazing run but if it's not an amazing run on the day nobody is going to hold that against you everybody is just going to be impressed that you did a fucking marathon which is insane and it's going to be way better than me who will probably because i think i'll be in my tapering period be sitting on the sofa and eating crisps at that point um I will indeed yeah. <laughs> um though very in a very holy way where I oh, feel absolutely. very deserving of those oh, yeah. <laughs> um and it will be in whatever you achieve will be amazing um you know we were talking about periods the other week because of Dina Asher Smith coming out and saying yeah, sure. that she'd had cramp because of her period yeah. and it had caused her to not win a gold medal that she probably should have won yeah. um you are although of course you are in my eyes you are not dina ashley smith in the the whole of uh, yeah the whole of the uk is not looking to you to represent them we just all want you to do well mm-hmm. at because we love you and we want your success and you all you can do is do the very best for yourself on that particular day
1: love you Hall love
0: you. It's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. And you don't need to have any doubts because you're working hard. You're putting all of the, all of the ingredients are there. And sometimes you might get one of those weird, weird aubergines that's bitter, but you know, it doesn't mean that you've not done your best.
1: All the ingredients are right. It's just sometimes you get those weird aubergines. Sometimes you get a bitter aubergine. (laughs) Yeah. This, I think, is the Bitter Aubergine Podcast. And uh, thank you so much.
0: Uh, I think it is. I'm going to give you an aubergine on the morning of your of your marathon to not remind you. you oh no in fact maybe me? I won't no. Oh, no not on the morning no yeah true true <laughs> no, true if I make you an aubergine trophy then that is a bit weird isn't it yes because it's all that will seem bit like bit it's bit for something hot, else like, other than yes. running a marathon yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want an okay. aubergine trophy well I sort of do actually okay okay, okay. maybe not for running I know I kind of <laughs> would like to see what if they exist <laughs>
0: an <gasps> overdue maybe oh, a pomegranate
1: one maybe let's see what the...
0: <laughs> yeah well I'm so proud and impressed that you've smashed 20 oh, off the list lovely. ticked it off thank one you. step closer and I'm proud of anybody else who's listening if they're also continuing to tick off yeah, things and, I and if they're just running intuitively and having a good time too exactly yes absolutely um But back
1: to me, Mm. um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you know, stuff you guys. But I would love to hear from anyone else that's running the London Marathon um, and how these last few weeks of training are going. um, Holly Mm. and I are going to be talking to Anna Harding in a couple of weeks' time just to get some (sighs) really good detail on the last few weeks of a half marathon training plan to, to help her help you with um, any half marathons that are coming up in yeah. the including obviously Holly's um, but I also wanted to I want her on to, to talk to her about um, tapering um, and t- you know kind of yeah. kind of really rock that tapering period because I think that's when proper paranoia can really creep in because when you don't run as much or for as long or at, at the same intensity it can feel like all your training is for nothing so um I want to find out how she deals with it um so we've got her back on
0: I can't wait to chat to her again yeah like last time we spoke to Anna in anticipation of of races that we had um she told us to put our running kit on the radiator the night before yeah Yeah. and that's it's been such a game changer. So yeah. I can't wait for more tips like that. More She's full stuff. of them. She is. And we might even hear from
1: Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Do please email us at wrpodcast at with any questions or running stories as we'd love to include them in a future podcast this podcast was recorded over Zencaster. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. For just £2 a month, you can become one of our supporters on Patreon and you'll receive a special patron-only newsletter from me and Holly. More perks on the way, I promise. Go to patreon.com forward slash women's running to find out more. Happy running.